So I'd like to read to you from the 17th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. So this morning I want to, I want to talk about uh, three words. Just three. And I'm sure you know exactly what they mean, so here they are. Elieo, Katharizo, and Eucharisteo. So we're done, right? I can sit down? Right? You know what all those mean? Yeah, awesome. As we look at this story, we see, we see these words play very prominently. And I think that they, that they then play into what it means to live a life of thanksgiving. But I want to stop there, and I want to talk about what I think a lot of us maybe aren't thankful for. We're not thankful for living in a culture right now that seems inundated with the brokenness and sin of how we mistreat each other. Back earlier this year, we had a recording of our president talking about groping women. And that led to many women having to relive uh, some of the, the ways that they were sexually mistreated. But we sort of swept that under the rug and moved on to the next thing. Which, you know, we had a lot of next things. We had hurricanes. We have another great migration that's happening because of one of those. Puerto Ricans are now flocking to Florida. I mean, almost everybody, because it's, it's just such devastation there. We have shootings. Not just one, but at least two mass shootings. One in a church, which, even though most people don't, or a lot of people seem to not care about church anymore, when something happens in a sacred space, I think it touches in us something a little bit different. But we should be immensely upset and unthankful about the fact that these things happen in our country. And now we're revisiting this sexual misconduct question again, aren't we? That we've allowed in our culture for men to treat women in such ways that are degrading and horrible. And, and, and for Christians, we ought to be appalled that there was some references made to biblical justification for this kind of behavior. If you want to talk to me about that later, I'm more than happy to talk to you about that. 
I mean, I, I mean, I knew you could use the Bible to try to justify about anything, but wow. I'm unthankful. I'm ungrateful about all of that. It feels like that our theology of sin all of a sudden begins to make sense, doesn't it? That there is something insidious, there is something in the human condition that just seems to well up over and over and over again, not just in individual lives, but corporately, where we we're, we're, we're just bad, I mean, it's not just bad behavior, but it is, it, is, it is just behavior that all of us would say is out of bounds, happens on a regular basis. And so as I thought about this, this, this passage, and I thought about these lepers. Lepers, of course, it's a skin disease. People didn't understand what it was back in ancient times. Um, if you were sick like this, especially in a very visible way, uh, people believed that God had, you know, that, that you had sinned or your father had sinned or your father's 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 father had sinned. And, and so um, it was never the mothers, by the way. It was always the fathers, just let's be clear. So... Because uh, they were usually the ones that sinned. Okay, that was a joke, but okay. So, um, so they just assumed that that that, that somebody had somebody had sinned, and so that's why you were you, that's why you were having this disease. And so and so lepers were put off into leper colonies, uh, and they and they there were rules there were rules about how close they could get to to regular people. They they could not they could not get within a certain distance of regular people. Um, they it. it if you touched a leper, you were made unclean, and so that meant you had to go before the priest to be certified to be and go through a cleansing ritual. Um, and, and what's interesting about that is that is that at least according to this this scripture right here is that if you were a leper and you were put in a leper colony, they didn't separate the Jews and the not Jews. That all of a sudden, your disease made you one with everybody else who had the disease. You had to live with people that you probably didn't like very much. Because at least in this grouping, we have Jews and Samaritans. And Jews and Samaritans are really related. Uh, it's sort of like the Hatfields and McCoys. It's like, it's like, you know, the, the, it's like cousins in some way, distantly related. Uh, but they hated each other. They didn't want to be in each other's presence. But these lepers, they're, they're, they're all together, uh, Jews and Samaritans. But just imagine, but just imagine being held away from your family, pushed aside, not able to communicate with them, not able to touch them, not able to care for them. I mean, if you were a male leper and you had had a family, your family could be left destitute and you couldn't do a darn thing about it because you had to rely on the mercy of the rest of the community to even feed you. And so here's where this word L-A-A-O comes in. We hear it sometimes, for those of us that are, that are religious and have been to liturgical churches, when we hear Kyrie eleison, Lord, which is curious, 
have mercy. L-E-A-O. Mercy. These lepers come and they stand away from Jesus and they say, Master, have mercy on us. It's almost as if they're saying, you know, we, 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 are, we are unclean and, and we, we so desperately want to be clean. We so desperately want to re-engage with society. We so desperately want to not have this happen to us. We so desperately want this to change. And I don't know about you, but that's what I've been thinking about this, what's been going on recently. Lord, have mercy. Master, teacher, have mercy on us. Cleanse us and heal us from what this, this sin, this brokenness that just seems to permeate not just the American culture, but our world. Have mercy on us. Eliejo. And it says, when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. This seems sort of weird. I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I think that for a lot of us, we, we think Jesus is going is gonna, to is gonna, you know, come over, lay hands on them, say, you know, say abracadabra, and, and you know, they'll, be, they'll be healed, and everything will be wonderful. We'll have a party and, and go on. But that's not what he does. He says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Does anybody know why? Part of the ritual, right? If you were a leper and you and you and you thought you had been, because lepers could could get better. I mean, they could the the disease could leave them, or maybe they didn't have it at all and it was just eczema. You know, I mean, seriously, like they, they didn't know they didn't know what these things were, and so but they had to go, as you say, Kenna. They had to go to the priest and they had to go through a ritual. The priest had to certify that they were healed. And then they could rejoin the community. Could rejoin the community. And so they follow his they follow his order, right? Boom, gone. I mean, nothing's happened yet. Nothing's happened yet. I mean, could you imagine you, you go to the doctor and you're like, hey doctor, I got this gaping wound on my arm, and the doctor says, Oh, go home. I mean, at least in the story, there's no question. Like, they just take off. It's almost like they're just acting as if it's already, like, as if it's really going to happen. And it says, on the way, along the way, they were made well. On the way, they were made well. Then, then, uh, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, katharizo, there's that second word. Anybody hear what word's in that? Katharizo, catharsis. Catharsis. He just had a catharsis. He just had a life-changing event. The Greek word katharizo means to cleanse by curing. To cleanse by curing. I don't know if you've ever had that, 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 kind, that, that kind of thing in your life, that cathartic event where, 
where it's like all of a sudden things open up to you and things make sense and you're able to move forward in a way that you've never been able to to move forward before. That's why it's such a powerful word. Catharsis. In some ways I liken it to like, you know, like miracles. Like things we don't expect. Cathartic events for me are like things we don't, we don't really expect. And, 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 you know, we're so brainwashed today about the fact that miracles don't happen that we miss them all the time. I mean, just in the past year, people who are colorblind like me, they, de- they develop glasses so that I can see color. That's a miracle. I don't have those glasses, but it's a thing, right? I mean, just this week, a member of our congregation, she went to the doctor, went to have surgery. They cut her knees out and put new knees in. She's going to walk without pain after walking with pain for years. The lame will walk. And we don't think that's a miracle. How many people have glasses in here? Amen. I mean, when you take those glasses off, I mean, I don't know how blind you are, but I remember how blind I was about seven or eight years ago. I went and had LASIK surgery. I'll never forget waking up from LASIK surgery. I opened my eyes and I could see the clock across the bed and the numbers on the clock. Miracle. But let's talk about something maybe even a little, a little bit more. I mean, we see cathartic events when we see people who are addicted come to a place where they begin to heal. Where they move into recovery and they find a brand new life. They go through this cathartic event. They were, they were in one place and they, and in some sense they say, have mercy on me. And they move through this cathartic event and then they have a new life. And it's not an easy life. It's a day by day by day by day by day life of, of living into whatever it is that, that healing. That recovery, I don't know what that might be for you. I I mean, I'm guessing that there are things that that you've gone through in your life when you thought, this is it, like, I'm stuck. Like, there's no no path forward. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know know where to go from here. And then something opens up and you're like, wow, where did that come from? Have mercy on me. And then these guys walk as if, and they have this catharizo. Catharizo. And here's what it causes. Here's what it causes. For this one who's a Samaritan, and, and I think the reason why that gets highlighted is because, uh, is because Luke, um, Luke wants to highlight that it's a Samaritan, that, it's, that he's often pointing out that it's the most likely one's that get it. Um, in Luke, there's a, there's a huge emphasis on the poor, understanding Jesus um, much more clearly than, than those who sort of have it all. 
There, there, there's, there's a real emphasis on, on the religious leaders and the smart people who, who are really stupid, and it's the people who aren't supposed to be so smart and are supposed to be so learned that, that get it. I think that's part of the reason why he lifts up that he was a Samaritan. But for whatever reason, it's the Samaritan that comes back. And, here, and I love this. And it says, um, another great Greek word, prosopon, which is he fell on his face, which would be a traditional way of worshiping. To fall on your face. Martin Luther did this um, when he would pray. That was one of the things he did as, as part of his devotion. He would, he would lay in front of the altar and pray overnight um, to God. But he fell on his face. So this is, this is what caused him. He fell on his face. Nobody pushed him there. Praising in a loud, and I love this Greek word, mega, in a mega voice. So he's not just like praising God, thank you God, oh it's, you're so great, thank you Jesus, you're so wonderful. He's yelling it, shouting it. He's shouting it in a mega voice. His praise to God. He's shouting it. Thanking him. Eucharisteo. Giving thanks to him. What's that word? What's, that, what's the word that how we would say it today? Eucharist. Eucharist. And what is Eucharist? It's what? It's giving thanks. Very good. Turn that around. But what else is it, David? <laughs> the Eucharist. We call it the Lord's Supper. We call it Holy Communion. We call it by all kinds of names. But here's the thing. The reason why it's called the Eucharist is, and you'll hear it, and Jesus lifts up the bread, it, and he lifts up the cup. It says he, eucharisteo, that's not the correct form of the verb, but close enough. He gave thanks to God. So that's why it's called the Eucharist. He gave thanks to God. That's what this leper does. He gives thanks to God. He gives thanks to God because he asked for mercy and he received a catharsis and a healing and now he's giving thanks. What's interesting about this to me is it's, it's and, and, and here it is for people who've been around the church, this is the shape of Christian worship. Especially for Presbyterians because we're big, we're big on, we're big on, at, on confession Right, which most of us don't like very much because we don't think that there's anything wrong with us, and we think that's what confession is all about. Mostly, confession is just is just saying, "Lord, we're going to acknowledge the things that aren't going well," which is what I did at the beginning of this message, and the ways in which we may play a role in that in our lives, even though we don't understand that. Perhaps confession and forgiveness, Elieo, Lord, have mercy. And then in Jesus, we receive this catharsis, we receive this healing, we receive this wholeness freely from him. We believe in his life and his death and his resurrection that there is a catharsis, there is a cleansing, there is a healing of sin and brokenness that is here now and has yet to come in its fullness. And that's why it's so frustrating. Catharizzo. And then 
we have confession. We, we hear that forgiveness. We hear the word which feeds us and fills us. And then we share in the giving thanks. In the Eucharist. And here's the cool thing about the Eucharist is that when Jesus do, says those words of institution, he says, this is a new covenant for all people. Sometimes we miss that. I'm, I forget that sometimes. He said, this is a new covenant for all people. I'm going to say it one more time. This is a new covenant for all people. Everybody deserves mercy Everybody can receive this catharsis. And when we who have received that live a life of Eucharisteo, of thanksgiving, we give that gift back out to all people. Because we are welcomed into those three words, not because we got something right. I mean, the lepers, I guess if they did anything, is they asked. They recognized what they needed and they asked. Have mercy on us. And so how do we live? How, how, do, we, how do we live out this life of thanksgiving in a world where as there, are just, there are more things that we can, than we can enumerate that, that seem broken and hurtful? And I just... I, I want to read to you the the passage that Jennifer read earlier, but I want to read it to you from a different um, version. Because part of what this is talking about is like, because I think for for many of us, we in the church we hear about this that 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 we have this gift and yet it is coming that there that there is a day of judgment, there is a day of reckoning, there is a day of healing and reconciliation that's coming. And I know that I often wonder, well when, when is this going to happen? What are the signs? Where are we going? There are many people who would tell you where they are and what they are and they think they're right now, we're in that time. But listen to this. I don't think, friends, that I need to deal with the question of when all this is going to happen. You know as well as I that the day of the master's coming can't be posted on our calendars. He won't call ahead and make an appointment any more than a burglar would. About the time everybody's walking around complacently congratulating each other, we've got it made. Well, now we can take it easy. Suddenly everything will fall apart. It's going to come as suddenly and as escapely as birth pangs to a pregnant woman. But friends... You're not in the dark. So how could you be taken off guard by any of this? You're sons of light, daughters of the day. We live under wide open skies and know where we stand. So let's not sleepwalk through life like those others. Let's keep our eyes open and be smart. People sleep at night and get drunk at night, but not us. Since we're creatures of the day, let's act like it. Walk out into the daylight sober, dressed up in faith, love, and the hope of salvation. God didn't set us up for an angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. Whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we're alive with him. 
So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope. So you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. We are ones who have received mercy. We are ones who have received catharsis, catharizo. We are ones who partake, receive the Eucharist, but share in it to become, a, become those who give a thanksgiving life and live a life of thanksgiving out in the world, a world that needs it now as much as it ever did. And so today, children of the light, I want you to think about one where you have received the mercy of God. Where is it where you received what you really didn't deserve? (laughs) Because that's mercy and that's grace. Where is it where you have had that catharsis, that healing, that miracle, even if at the time it didn't hit your radar screen as one? And may you live your life as a Eucharist, a life of thanksgiving dedicated to God. Amen.